0: Showing you how to reignite the embers of a distant and lonely relationship into a blazing, emotionally intimate connection. I'm your host, Amber Dawson. I'm a psychologist, author, and speaker. A few of my favorite things are my husband, grapes, and my adorable little dog Riggs. Now let's learn how to create a soul crush in love that lasts. Get subscribed in your podcast app so that simply by listening. You can rekindle your relationship by pouring a little gas on your relationship ember. This podcast is for informational purposes and should not be misconstrued for specific relationship advice. For advice for your specific relationship, seek a local couples therapist
1: for relationship counseling or couples therapy. Welcome back. In this episode, we are talking about a little mistake that couples make that has a big impact in a not so helpful direction. It's a mistake I have been guilty of making in my relationships too. And I want to know, are you making this mistake and how do you prevent it? In this episode, I'm going to tell you a story about a couple that comes right from the couple's therapy room. I was the therapist. So the content of this episode is real. The names have been changed for confidentiality purposes. So there I was, sitting and watching Dwayne and Nancy, and Nancy had brought up a complaint that we had talked about it, and Dwayne was sharing his side. Nancy had tears sliding down her face as she spat out, he doesn't hear me. I turned to her and I empathized, and I said, I know, it's very frustrating, and I can see how angry you are about that. I also know he's trying to tell you that he doesn't feel hurt either. "'Are you in a place right now where you're ready to hear him too?' Nancy glared and replied, "'I'm glad he doesn't feel heard. Now he knows how it feels.' Sinking into his chair, Duane muttered, "'I almost never feel heard. It's like your way or the highway.' I did a technique called doubling. This is where I try to restate what the person has just said, and I pretended to be Duane and spoke to Nancy. This is what I said. Nancy, sometimes I feel very small in this relationship. At times, it's like I'm a child with no power. I just have to do what you want. I have to pay close attention to validate your feelings and hope that I don't get it wrong and hope I don't get in trouble. It's like I'm walking on eggshells and I really don't want to break any of the eggshells. And when I do break an eggshell, it's like I'm going to get punished. And when I do eventually break an eggshell, it seems to happen I do get in trouble. Nancy, I want to get it right for you. I want to validate your feelings. I just don't want to feel in trouble all the time. And I too want to be heard and validated. Nancy softened a little and leaned in. She said, Dwayne, is that right? He said, yeah. I asked Dwayne to share with Nancy the parts of that that seemed to land, the parts of that that were true for him and tell her again. Dwayne turned to her and said, Nancy, sometimes I do feel small. I do feel like I'm a child. I do feel like I'm going to be in trouble. I want to be heard and validated too. (sighs) Leaning in a little, looking softer on her face, Nancy said, I guess I don't give you the validation you want. So that's the mistake I see many people make if they don't give the validation they crave. Yet... They demand it. I've been guilty of that. When I'm so hurt, when I feel so frustrated, I can get very polarized in seeing a situation my way only. I want the validation and I don't want to give it. I'm sure some of you relate to that. So why do we demand things we're not willing to give? Well, the more we demand, it is usually because we are hurt, we feel rejected, we're angry, We might feel we've been wronged or harmed and the other person did it. Sometimes we might not even realize it, but when we're caught in a big emotion, we can be very me-centered in a relationship. We see things from our side only, and we have a really hard time with perspective-taking. So perspective-taking means seeing things from the other person's view. Personally, and in my professional life, I show up very differently with perspective taking. In my personal life, I can really struggle with it when I'm hurt and upset, feeling wronged or overwhelmed. The feelings inside me can get really big and I can't see things in the same grounded or centered way of when I'm calm or when I'm working with a client. In my professional life, I think I do decent, hopefully, at taking the view of the other person and providing validation and empathy and seeing things from their side of the world. The key to this is we're all humans and the more swept up we are in big, strong emotions, the harder it is to take perspective, the harder it is to see something from outside of our perspective. Now, if something my husband has done rubs a raw spot in me, a tender place, a place where I feel more sensitive, where my attachment needs aren't as met, maybe I feel unloved or abandoned or very angry, usually in the height of all of that emotion uh yeah very me centered so one of the biggest things i have done in our relationship is remember even when i am in distress hurt overwhelmed remember that our conflicts are not at all about my feelings they are still about both of us and if i am not prepared to hear his side too then I probably need a break, although I hate breaks. (laughs) Breaks are my least favorite thing to do in a conflict. But when I am that upset, I am not acting fair in a conflict. And even if I think he has caused it, we're probably not gonna get to a solution because I'm not gonna be able to hear both sides. So the thing about any conflict is we both experience an event. The facts of the situation are largely usually the same, although when we recount them, we might interpret them differently. Now, here's the thing. When most couples fight, we are not fighting about the facts of the situation. Although, when we're really going, we can be like, no, you did this, and you did this, in this order. This is where we get stuck. Because our hurt feelings are usually not about the facts. They're about our interpretation of the facts. And how we interpret the facts hurts us or doesn't hurt us. Recently, I had a client protest. So just ignore the facts? I said, well... Yes, we want to understand the circumstances, but more importantly, how the circumstances made us feel and how the same circumstances can make our partner feel a very different way. Many partners get stuck on the facts and stop listening to the emotional impact that the situation has had on each other. Instead, they feel farther and farther apart and they struggle to make their way back to each other as they focus on the facts and how each other is wrong. One of the things I tell my couples to work on is what's called emotional validation. This is validating, normalizing, or demonstrating you can see where the other person is coming from even if you disagree with the facts. You can see it from their perspective, their emotions. Because here's the thing. When we feel validated, normalized, supported, it is easier for us to come to agreement or even change our minds, see our partner's view. It's hard to do but it's a skill we can learn. Like any new skill, like riding a bike, how did you do the first time you rode your bike? Probably need some training wheels, someone to hold you up, but once you've got the swing of it, riding a bike takes almost no effort at all. The same thing can happen with, with emotional validation. You just need some practice. So if you want to learn a little bit more about emotional validation, check out the Emotional Intimacy Blueprint. What the emotional intimacy blueprint is, is it's a quick mini course I've cultivated, developed, I don't know why I said cultivated, created, that goes over the seven pillars of emotional intimacy and how to implement some of these tenants into your relationship quickly to rekindle your emotional connection. In this, we go over when to use emotional validation and some emotional, emotional validating statements. Now, validation is only part of one of the modules, one of the, one of the seven pillars, but it can be something that is helpful to incorporate into your relationship to increase your connection. So to learn more about the Emotional Intimacy Blueprint, just check, click the link in the show notes so that you can figure out how to watch the 6 bite sized videos and get some tools to create a loving connection that lasts. Anyways. Back to Nancy and Dwayne, we can take one of his comments and break it down and think about how we provide emotional validation. So as he sinks into his chair, he mutters, I almost never feel heard. It's like your way or the highway. To give emotional validation, Nancy would likely have to pause, refrain from judging his statement or defending herself and seek to understand what he is saying and communicate to him that she understands it. Here are some examples of what she could say. She could just say, I get it. She could say, You feel like it has to go my way. She could say, That must be frustrating. If she wanted to add in some agreement, if she could see that that happens sometimes, she could say, Yeah, sometimes I do think things should only go my way. I could see how you don't feel heard. The catch here is you don't need to agree, you just need to demonstrate with your words that you can see that from their perspective this could make some sense. Validation could also be saying, I hear you think it's my way or the highway and you don't feel heard. Is there anything else you want me to know? Are you ready for me to share my view? So when we make someone feel more heard, more validated, it's easier for them to hear an opposing view. It doesn't mean the conversation will work out, it just increases the chances. So now if Nancy has validated Dwayne's view, she could say something like, I wish you heard me. Maybe sometimes I get really upset and I want it my way because in the moment I don't feel heard. Now I need you to show me you're listening. Now, if Dwayne was really on his game and was ready to validate her back, he could say, yeah, I know you want to be heard. Or it makes sense you get upset when you don't feel heard. I get it. I can show you I'm listening. Now, validation is hard. It takes practice. And that's why in the Emotional Intimacy Blueprint, I've created a worksheet for you to write out some phrases so you can practice using emotional validation. So in this case, the mistake is not giving the validation she craved. Like I said, I see this all the time in my practice. We demand it from our partners, but we struggle to give it. And yeah, some people are giving it and their partners struggle to get it back. That sucks. And that might be a clue when you, you and your partner need a little help communicating, practicing some relationship skills, so that both of you can have your needs met. I know for me, this is a really hard thing to wrap my head around in my personal relationships, to take perspective, to normalize and to validate. A lot of unhelpful beliefs got in the way like they don't deserve it or it doesn't feel genuine. But I knew what the relationship research said, so I gave it a try. And to my surprise and delight, I haven't needed to go back to not validating my partner because the conversations go better when I validate my partner's view too. So here's the thing about trying a skill like this. If you try it and it doesn't work, you can always go back to doing what you did before. So hey, just give it a whirl.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Relationship Psych, the podcast put on by Ember Relationship Psychology. If you're looking for more free relationship help or advice that comes straight from the couples therapy room, check out the free resources and the blog at www.emberrelationshippsychology.com.